Welcome to episode 379 of the Doctor of the Day, the Doctor Who podcast. My name is David, and here's my wife, Ginger. Hello. Today we're going to talk about the final episode of The Power of Kroll. When we finally rejoin the story after the ending, which does, as with every episode, it's gone back quite a ways, the, um, <clears throat> the Doctor and Romana are in their rowboat and we see that Kroll is submerging again so they can run um, roll off. We see Kroll re-emerges far in another area and closer to the settlement and drags off more swampies and attacks their, attacks their village. Back at the refinery um, they're tracking the the creature and he said, well, it's over two miles away. Don says, well, it trained the receptors to the settlement and we could probably see it from here. And then Thawne tells um, Dugging to um, ready the next of their protein packs there that they fire off. Um, and he's going to plan it to be earlier and shoot it right at the creature. Fenner and Dagin did not agree that he, they should carry this out, and um, Dagin gets up from the desk and stands with Fenner and says, Fenner, we have to stop him. The doctor and Romana arrive at the refinery and see the damage that Kroll caused in the pump room and the pipe. Dagin refuses and Thawne threatens him and uh, knocks him out on the ground and then forced by Thawne's gun trained on him, Fenner goes back to the desk and he continues and starts the countdown under duress. Dr. Numana had come down the hallway and watched some of that uh, exchange and then the doctor turns and heads them out and back off out of the way and turns out they get to the I'm sorry I lost my place um, the doctor has to stop Thawne from firing this, the rocket shot or they may all be killed is what he says as they go off down the hallway Ranquin and Varlick and uh, another of the Swampies are talking of Kroll and Franklin says that Kroll has turned against us because they did not re- he did not receive the sacrifices. But the other Swampy says but, but Kroll was actually between us and preventing us from getting to the dry foot to, of capturing them. But Franklin does not want to hear of it and he says well, you know, where did they go and he says they went towards the refinery, so they, def- they follow off to the refinery. The doctor and Romana have found the firing bay, and so he goes, he makes his way in, and he says, you know, this may not go well in there, so I better say goodbye now. So he says goodbye. She says goodbye back, and then he heads in, and she follows in after to try to tell him something, and he heads up the stairway up to the controls on the rocket. Um, Dagin 
uh, reawakens and gets up and tries to get to the console to stop the countdown. Thorn warns him, but then shoots him, and Dagin falls dead. Fenner rushes to him and says, that's outright murder. He says, oh, you heard me warn him. This is, and then Thorn looks at the countdown and is like, oh, but he didn't stop the countdown, so no bother. <laughs> um, and he's happy there's no delay. The doctor is attempts at sabotage of not working yet, so he says, when in doubt, cut everything. And he's pulling wires and such. And as it gets down to one, I think the countdown stops. And Thawne sees this and is going to go find out what the problem is. Fenner says, so is there a main fault in the electrical of the rocket? He was in when we get off of here and arrived at Delta Magna, I'm going to report you for murder. Uh, Thorne says that he's going to go off and check anyway, just in case they have a chance to fire again. Doctor is on the ground. He's been passed out for, and he comes to, and Romana says, oh, I must have passed out for a couple seconds. And Romana says, minutes. He goes, minutes? We better get out of here, because... We don't want to be caught lingering outside here or somewhere put two and two together and as they're trying to relock the door they see Thawne is right behind them with his gun and the doctor says, you're putting two and two together right now, aren't you? <laughs> he says, I, I just saw this door open and you know, I don't suppose you have a cleaning lady? He says, no, I don't want any funny business and put your hands up and the doctor says, aren't you supposed to say don't make any sudden moves? He says, and they walk off, and they're captured and taken back to the to the control room. <clears throat> These swampies arrive at the refinery and are looking around, and they see how Kroll has damaged some of the pump room. Farlick again questions Rankin, and um, Rankin says something about Kroll will destroy this abomination from our lands and Farlick says well why should Kroll do what you say um, Kroll destroyed our our settlement, our village what power do you have over Kroll Dr. Anamon are brought to the control room and uh, Fenner and Thorn's gonna um, they, they see the Degin's body, and so that wasn't necessary. He says, oh, he was, um, he disobeyed orders, and he was trying to stop, interfere, just like you succeeded in, in interfering. And Thorn threatens them, and Fenner says, oh, but we need all the people we can stand, we can have, because the creature's headed this way. And the doctor's like, Oh, maybe he's saving you for pudding and is very pleased <laughs> that Thorne's in this position now. And before they get to laugh too much, um, we see um, Thorne has been speared by one of the swampies who arrived in the control room and he dies. The doctor and Romana, doctor puts his hand up and says, We surrender, we surrender. Franklin says that they were promised to crawl 
And uh, Lana says, but does Kroll know that? <laughs> Doesn't seem to care. Um, the refinery starts to shake as Kroll's attacking the building and um, Rankin falls to his knees and says, Kroll, oh powerful, oh wonderful, oh powerful Kroll. And the doctor continues on and says, oh baloney. Franklin is involved in his prayers. The doctor goes to Fenner and tells him that um, if he knows how to operate the centrifuge to turn it on, turn that on, turn everything on, make as much noise and run as much equipment as you can. Because there's big vibrations and noise may scare it away. So they're starting to turn on all this other equipment while Ramana ventures out in the hallway to just look around, he says, oh, there's nothing out here. He doesn't know we're here. And the doctor runs out to grab her and bring her back in just as a, a tentacle bursts through the window in the hallway. So the machinery is having its effect and Kroll is starting to back away. And Rankin says, oh, mighty Kroll has heard my prayers and I must go to him, oh great one. And he runs off. The uh, others, other swampies go off to uh, follow him, saying, no, it was just he only heard the machinery, not your prayers. As he goes to uh, back to the pump room, the tentacles hanging out of the pipe area, and uh, Rankin is beseeching Kroll, and the Tentacle grabs him and starts to pull him in, and the others come at that point and try to save Rankin. The doctor uh, tells Ramana he's off to test a theory, and he gives her his scarf and takes a tracer. And she says, about what? He says, well, all theories need to be tested sometime, and time to test the secret of Kroll, the symbol or the secret of Kroll's power. So the doctor heads off onto the exterior decks of the refinery and you can see Kroll is hanging over the refinery, draped himself over the buildings and the doctor sees large panels of um, where you can see the undersides of the tentacles and stuff uh, as he's attacking the building. Um, as he's looking around, thinking, oh, I, I've had a good life, 760. Um, and hedging forward with the tracer, a tentacle comes and knocks it out of his hand onto the grating. And then another tentacle comes and wraps around the doctor and pulls him away and starts to strangle him. And then finally the doctor struggles and reaches the tracer and then struggles some more against the tentacle, crushing him, manages to reach back and touch Kroll with the tracer, and Kroll disappears in a bright flash. And the doctor sits back up without without any tentacles around him and the fifth segment is on the tracer on the stick which he carries back to the control room and uh, 
that Swapies are um, afraid of the stick as he brandishes it towards him. Says, "You'll crawl with with that stick." He says, "Well, it's a special kind of stick." And before they can rejoice too much, Fenner says, "Well, there's still a problem. The computer is still functioning, and it still thinks there's going to be an orbit shot, and the bay doors, the bay is blocked, so." I can't turn off the override. The master control switch is not functioning. And the doctor says, okay, everyone get back. And he opens panel and just starts cutting wires and it's ticking down 40 seconds, 30 seconds, 28 seconds. And the doctor's cutting wires and cables and he finally pulls out two different cables, crosses them, puts them together, and the timer stops at one second. Doctors visibly relieved and very quiet for a minute, and everyone leaves him alone. And then Romana says, "Are you okay?" He says, "Yeah, yes, I think I am." He gets up and tells Fenner, "Well, this is probably the end of this place, but you know, before they come and get you from Delta Magna, join the natural life, hang out with the swampies. You might like it." And they kind of surround Fenner and kind of they just look at each other and. Doctor says, "You and Romana have lots to do." So they head back to the TARDIS. Some argument over which direction it is, but they find their their way there, and see a regular sized little squid in the mud and muck. And Doctor says, "Oh, it's a form of cellular regeneration." So will there be another crawl? Like. No, there'll never be another crow. It was a segment that did that. Um, so you don't have to worry about just a regular giant squid. Nothing to worry about unless you're a high priest or something. So they go back into the TARDIS and Dr. says to get back, canine. Uh, he's crowding the door or something. And they dematerialize and we end. Thankfully, it's over. Oh, I'm glad it's over, yeah. And there are some little funny things that make me laugh, but overall, it's really not a very, very powerful, <laughs> very powerful, very effective story. Yeah. Um, so much so, I was having trouble remembering, okay, so how did this, this does this one end? Right. <laughs> And it's difficult when they, they backtrack their endings so much I mean, to tack them back onto the, the next episode. Adding too much. Um, yeah, not really a whole lot to say about how they, they wrap stuff up either. Yeah, they kind of, how do I put this? They threw all the cliches at you this time. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be a surprise what turned out to be the segment. No. So when the doctor decides to go after it, you kind of know. Well, you should, yeah. Yeah. And so, of course, first cliche, tentacle sneaks up on him. Yeah. Second cliche, 
it knocks the thing out of his hand, the yeah. tracer. And then keeps him from Third it. Third cliche. He struggles to get yeah. his hands on it, almost gets his hands on it, hits it. But the only cliche they missed was he knocked, he didn't like knock it into an area where he couldn't reach it. Right. Without getting into more danger, you know, climbing down or whatever. Or getting free. I mean, whereas here it's just bare, just barely out of reach as he struggles. With and yet he still manages to reach it. Yes, still manages to reach it. Yeah, it was just cliche after cliche after cliche. Yeah, very unfortunate. I think one of the best parts is that the Swampies take care of Thawne. Mm-hmm. He's talking, threatening them in one voice, and then all of a sudden we just see a spear appear out of his gut. Oh, that, there you go. Swampy hater you. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> what you get. Yeah, more interesting stuff goes on between the crew, almost, than it does anyone else. Uh, or the parts with, with, really, with the Doctor and Amana. I mean, it's interesting how the, the two try to, you know, stop Thawne because in his quest to wipe out the Swampies and everything. And then there's the tension that Nagin refuses and Thawne threatens him, knocks him out, and then he stills trying to um, ab abort the countdown and then Thawne warns him, yeah, but then shoots him in the back right. and kills him. And then Fenner has to go along because Thawne's threatening to shoot him too. But he says, like, that was outright murder and I'm going to report you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And that was, uh, that was more interesting than some other things that happened. So, like the whole thing with the, the tracer and the, the segment and stuff. Yeah. I just think uh, the continual questioning of Rankin, you know, is, I just think, uh, um, not really telling. make how they have this all-powerful deity and stuff and this high priest that gain power and take too much of that power and how this one other populace is starting to question the high priest you know mm -hmm. question about why should he do what you say if he's all-powerful well you know Kroll's gonna do what he wants and you know he didn't seemed to want the sacrifices because he kept us from him and why did he then destroy our village and all these questions that Ranklin's not prepared to answer because it seems like Ranklin's making this stuff up as he goes along and he gets his due too because Kroll then takes him yeah. yes he does 
through the same method that he took uh, Harg, was that his name? Harg, yeah. Racking him up, dragging him through the pipe. Same thing, really, because his compatriots, more swampies, bar like any other, run to try to save him. Whereas, you know, Fenner and Dagin see Harg being pulled in the pipe and try to help him, and it's too late for him, too. Second verse, same as the first. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, <laughs> I do one thing that the doctor says when they, before they leave, when he says to Fenner, it's like, oh, maybe teach, maybe try to do a, a replacement for Kroll. <laughs> and then Lana tells him to, that they have to go. So he leaves. They try to work out a replacement or something. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> oh, I forgot to say when uh, the little funny bits, the things the doctors say that make me laugh, or uh, mostly the when they're coming out of the the blast doors, and he says, "Cause um, someone will put two and two together, and you're putting two and two together right now, aren't you?" As <laughs> they get caught. Um, and then when Ranquin comes in after he surrenders to the Swampies and he says to Ranquin, so what now, the eighth holy ritual? <laughs> and that's when he says, oh, you should not mock a Kroll, the all-powerful, Kroll, the all-knowing. And he says, oh, baloney. <laughs> I can't help but I like those parts. Not as good as, as some of the other stories, so he has some much funnier, uh, far funnier scenes. What did else you have? I really don't have anything. This was not one of my favorite stories. Mm. No. spent like so much of it on location which isn't I don't know if that's a bad thing it's certainly different um, to have so much True. of it actually filmed outside for one thing um, but the set pieces they did have were were pretty good Kind of generic, like engine or um, rocket bay that the doctor goes into, and the hallways of the industrial facility look just fine. Um, not much prop-wise or set-wise that was um, really outstanding that drew you away from much. You know, the bank of monitors, except for the fact that the monitor resolution was horrible, like I said last time. Um, but there's a bunch of switches and different colors in front of them and stuff. Um, the only thing I, I noticed uh, in that is that there's a the countdown uh, that you sh that they show. Uh, they show it twice. They show it when the Degin tries to stop it and um, doesn't. Mm -hmm. 
before the doctor does stop it. And then when it's counting again, because Fenner says that the, the system is still running. And so we see a couple scenes of it again as it counts down while the doctor's trying to uh, stop it. It's like, um, what do they call that type of metal? She, is it sheet metal with the kind of the V-shaped pattern in it, you know, and it's like stamped metal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's painted a dark gray, but it's really cut unevenly around <laughs> where the numbers show up. Oh, I hadn't noticed down. that. Yeah, it's very badly cut. Um, especially one edge is like they, they when you cutting a line but then you move the scissors and then you restart and it kind of has that little bit of a indent mm-hmm. it was like that like oh unfortunate hmm. especially because you're showing it so many times <laughs> that I can really notice it yeah and that kind of thing is just has a way of taking you out of the story not that I was really vested in the story to start right. with which again does not um, help you to miss those things. You know, having a bad story uh, is made even worse by having those bad little bits that uh, keep you from getting any involvement in it. Um, I mentioned when we're was recapping a bit that when the after the doctor puts the wires together and um, saves the day uh, he's usually quite flippant about it and everything and I feel like you can see the toll it takes on him to oh, do yeah. that because you know he drops the cables and he's pulls his hand over his face through his hair, you know, and mm. um, kind of sits there at the console for a second. Uh, seemed to be seemingly lost in his own thoughts. And then Ramonda finally breaks in and says, are you okay? You did it. Says, yeah, yeah, I guess I did. And then gets up and gets into being his normal, more jovial self. Like, hey, hello, hello, you know. Hey, everything's finished now, so maybe you should try this, and we've got work to do, and let's go, Romana. But there's a this quiet moment there that I think that that type of thing is kind of displayed in how he reacts. But I could be reading too much into it, because there's not a whole lot else to occupy my thoughts. <laughs> right. Maybe that's just what I like to think. That shows some uh, uh, a, a human side to the time lord. But uh, I think that's it. So the next one on our list? Armageddon Factor. The sixth segment. The sixth and final, and final segment. segment. I know, I'm kind of sad about that. I'm not sad part five is over. <laughs> because I just don't like part five, but I'm kind of sad that we're getting to, you know, to the last six episodes of the key to time. I think it's, I think the story is more interesting than this one, mm. from what I remember. I did not watch it as much as I watched the other ones. 
I think it's a little, you could probably say it's a little more serious than the other five have been. Mm. Um, on a doctor's part, especially. So it's probably why I watch some of the other ones that are more of my favorites. Right. Uh, a couple more times than I've seen this next one. All right. Well, join us tomorrow when we start that first episode of The Armageddon Factor. So join us then, and thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>